What is going on, everybody? You are listening to a bonus episode of the OK Beast podcast. I'm your host, Alex Van Aken, and today I have the privilege of sitting down with Stu Maxwell of Hollow Tree Games to discuss their new exploration game called Shape of the World. The game releases on June 5th on PS4 and Steam, and the following day, June 6th, on Switch and Xbox One. It's a great game. I've had a fantastic time with it. It's really relaxing. It's gorgeous. The audio is phenomenal. So I'm excited for the fact that I got to sit down to talk to Stu about some of the concepts behind the game and what it's like working on an indie game while also working at a big AAA studio uh, like Stu does. Stu actually works at the Coalition by day as their senior VFX artist. So he he has uh, worked on Gears of War 4, if you're familiar with that. So obviously Stu is a talented guy as well as being a very fun guy to talk to. If you want to buy Shape of the World, it releases today that this interview airs on uh, PS4 and uh, Steam, and then tomorrow, June 6th, on Switch and Xbox One. All right, I'm going to let the interview play. I hope you enjoy it. Stu, how are you, man? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So I know we we are recording this on the eve of your game's launch. How are you feeling? Yeah. Th- I mean, it's like uh, this whole week I've been trying to decide what feeling I'm landing on. Like mm-hmm. there's a little bit of nervous. There's quite a little bit of excited. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a bit of pride kicking around there. Probably there's like a tiny corner of shame um, <laughs> or there's like, oh, I didn't quite finish that properly. <laughs> that's how it, I feel like that's how it always is with uh, creative proce- projects. But I'm sure it's even more so when you've been you've been working on this game for four years, right? Yeah. And I mean, at some point you just kind of, I mean, there's no such thing as finishing a game. Sure. You just kind of have to ship it out the door at some point. Um, but it, it's had its time to kind of um, like, I've had time to polish it. It's kind of had time to simmer because mm-hmm. it's been, it's been four years, right? Yeah. It's not like, it's not like a mega triple A super hit where it's like 300 people working on it for four years. Sure. It, it's basically like me and a friend and a couple friends help me out here and there. So, um, but so it's kind of been like four years of this kind of behind the scenes passion project in my spare time. So it, it's been like a nice slow development process. Yeah. And I had time to breathe. That's awesome. And that kind of fits in with the game too. I mean, shape of the world is this experience that is meant to relax. Yeah. And that became sort of more and more important to me as the game went on. Yeah. Like originally it was just kind of like, um, I've, I've always liked, you know, I've, I like games like journey and mm-hmm. flower and Proteus. And I liked, you know, the accessibility of those games and the fact that they're not super challenging. You can kind of come home and play them yeah. after a busy day. Um, I mean, I like skill-based games too. Sure. But there's just something about special about this kind of like there's just not enough games that have explored this topic of like a really serene experience, exploration for the sake of it, you know, like playing with (laughs) what exploration is. And then but then as time went on, I had a kid. I had another kid. My job got more intense, like my day job. Sure. Everything started to stack up and I got more and more and more busy. And at that point, it became crucial for me to make the game (laughs) that I want to play at the end busy day and you know what i mean it's like it's like give yourself a couple hours you can get through this whole um experience mm-hmm. it's semi somewhat scripted it's somewhat procedural um it's just this really cool like little journey that you can kind of immerse yourself in I, i'm loving it so far i i've been spending several evenings with it just after a day of work and it's just been this really gorgeous artful experience that just calms you down you know so i think you absolutely nailed that part of it awesome you kind of mentioned it earlier. You've got this day job. You work as the senior VFX artist for the Gears franchise. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm the lead VFX artist at the Coalition right now. Um, uh, yeah, 
that's obviously a big job. That's to, sure. <laughs> that's one of the reasons why like I'm looking for that relaxation at the end of the day. Yeah, and I, I think this this game and 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 gears, shape of the world and gears, they they, they contrast each other so much. And I, I think from the outside looking in, it, it makes sense. Before we get into the game, let's hear a little bit about you. You know, your history making games, the history of Hollow Tree. All that stuff. Well, um, Hollow Tree, I mean, it's a custom built um, company for this game. Okay, right? awesome. Um, this is our first This is our first adventure. But I mean, also in the company is my wife, Heather. She's an architect, but she also really helps me with production. And Awesome. Uh, like, I don't know, even uh, she assists me with basically my whole life while I work <laughs> on the game. Um, so, uh, so she and I uh, run this company. And I mean, we've always... Um, just adventured together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's always been a priority for us to travel and hike awesome. and try things. And and being up here in Vancouver, um, you're surrounded by like the Pacific Northwest, right? There's like beautiful Oregon, beautiful Tofino, <laughs> beautiful Vancouver Island. It, um, it's, it's crazy. So um, yeah, I mean, like just our sort of adventures together um, inspired the creation of this game, which inspired the creation of the company. Um, I mean, like I've been in the AAA space now for probably about 11 years. I started at Relic um, on Dawn of War 2, and then I moved on to Space Marine, and that's where I really crafted my visual effects skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went over to a company called Black Tusk, which didn't release anything before they <laughs> changed over to the Coalition, sure. where I remain. Um, so that's been like a heck of a lot of good experience. Um, see, you know, I've seen a lot of really high quality shooter games yeah for sure um and you know as you've noticed the just the contrast is 100 percent intentional right the contrast between what i'm doing in my own time and what i do at work it's just i just think that it's as an artist you kind of just need that balance yeah Maybe, i know it's, it's as a person right as a person like you can yeah. be like you can be like a, a hardcore defense attorney by day <laughs> but then you go home to your like model train set basically, <laughs> right like everyone has the duality of hobby yeah and and so that's that's kind of it. it. In a way, it's actually kind of weird that they're like really close to each other. They're you know I'm working on console games at home and at work, <laughs> both in Unreal Engine, but they're just different you know end products. Yeah, and you said that you know that that contrast in, in tone was, was intentional going into the game, going into Shape of the World. Did you have an idea for what you wanted to look like? Because it's it's so striking. It's clearly that you've tapped into all of your experiences as a VFX artist. And I feel like that is a, that is obviously a huge proponent of, of shape of the world. Yeah. Yeah. But I swear I had, I, the, the moment that I started working on this game, I mm-hmm. feel like I knew what it was going to look like. Really? Like I just had this image in my head, like no textures, um, you know, sort of low poly, but not really sure, low yeah. poly kind of mid medium. Right. It's like, there's a, there's a fair amount of polygons there. It's just, it's, it's just more about this kind of like painterly, not even painterly, I'll say illustrative graphic look that sure, I have in my yeah. mind, right. Like stripping things down into like, um, shapes, colors, gradients. It, it kind of feels like I'm inside of a flat landscape. Yeah. Well, like one of the things about it is there's no real lighting, but there is a strong sense of atmosphere. Yeah. Right. So that's it's it's just the connection to atmosphere. That's one thing that you kind of learn to love as a VFX artist. Mm-hmm. You're always pushing the atmosphere. Um, so I kept the atmosphere, but I lost. I traded lighting for the sake of just like um, hand painted color. Yeah. Right? I've always been into. Gra- I've had some graphic design experience, a little bit of motion graphics experience, and uh, to have to have access to that cool like animated shape and color language mm-hmm. is kind of what I knew was like the trick to getting something that felt 
and looked just gorgeous yeah without having to like sink you know like i say a 300 um person team of artists over four years sure, to like sure. photorealism which is kind of the standard <laughs> of triple a so I, I know that part of the game is, is procedural you know if you walk to an area it, it'll it'll spring up certain flora or animals and whatnot if you come back mm-hmm. to that later it changes um mm-hmm. and it can be something different i know that part's procedural were the colors procedural or did you handpick every palette Every palette is handpicked. There's like about okay. 150 of them in the game. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's a lot. And then and there's a whole bunch that I um, reworked or threw out. Um, so I think I crafted like 200 color palettes over the course of wow. this game. They're like reasonably easy to put together, but then you know you you end up tweaking them over time, mm-hmm. and trading them, and moving them around. And and, uh, and so I've kind of got a few rules in order to keep the color system looking really really good yeah. like there's always there's always some saturated color there's some desaturated color there's two or three complementing colors you know there's there's just a little bit of like kind of art rules going on in order to make sure that every frame is just really really sexy and then i've and then i found out that there's this thing that happens as you go between color palettes right so i shift color palettes a lot during mm-hmm. the game mm-hmm. as a way of kind of like keeping the the progression feeling and it works. it's 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 really it's really really cool they kind of grouped so it feels like there's enough of a contrast but at the same time the whole for like 5 or 10 minutes when you're in an area it'll feel like it's part of one region mm-hmm. and then the shift into the next region is like a dramatic change that makes your <laughs> eyeballs explode it's it's super awesome and on on top of the color we see wildlife we see shapes we see flora some of them are are very familiar we see animals that that we see in, in real life but then there's this alien side of the game from your end how did that play into the overall experience well you know um like whenever you make something too realistic you start to pull it apart for like how it's not quite realistic enough yeah so if i made the fish really look like fish you'd be like Oh, you know, that's okay, but Absu has better fish. <laughs> um, so, like, at the end of the day, I was trying to create something that felt aquatic across okay. all yep. the creatures, but not nothing was supposed to be exactly a specific thing that you could point to on Earth and be like, it's this. <laughs> yeah. Right? So some of them get really close, but there's always something that make, sort of abstracts them a little bit. Mm-hmm. For uh, sure. And so that was just to try and create the the feeling like this is its own universe with its own rules, its own ecosystem. Um, and... Yeah, there's similarities between all the creatures that make them feel like they all belong in the same place. As lo- if it's not real, um, I think it's just a little bit more curious. That that makes total sense. And I, I think it works really well within the context of what's going on in, in Shape of the World. We've talked a bit about the visuals. I want to talk about the audio because the audio really does reinforce the whole experience. It pairs so well with what's going on visually. I, I know you teamed up with Brent Silk for this, for, for the audio. First of all, how did you two hook up? Have you been friends for a while? Um, have you have you worked on other projects before together? Uh, Brent and I have been friends for a very long time, dating back to high school when we first met because we both shared a love of electronic music together. And then, you know, we've been friends for a long time and we like used to make music together in high school and college a little bit. Um, I eventually stopped making music. He kept going. Um, and years and years and years later, we've like when I decided to make this game, it seemed like kind of an obvious choice. Like, oh, let's bring let's bring Brent in. Yeah. Um, um, we obviously, I think we're going to work together. Either we're going to work together or it's going to tank our friendship <laughs> and we'll never speak together again. And amazingly, it hasn't, it's, it, it turned out to be like four years when it was supposed to be like one year or sure. two years. So like it, it could have tanked our friendship, but really, it really didn't. And one of the reasons I think is because he, as an audio artist and as a musician mm-hmm. matured a lot in the years 
leading up to this project and during the project to the point that the work that he produced for Shape of the World blows my mind. I had no idea quite that I was signing myself up for the <laughs> level of quality that he actually delivered. Um, if, if you haven't checked out the soundtrack, the standalone soundtrack yet, mm-hmm. we just we just released it. Um, I really I would because it's uh, it's I mean, in terms of like chill relaxing music something you'd want to put on while you're studying or like for me like do yoga or something um it's so it's so perfect yeah and i i actually listened today at work because i saw he had tweeted out the link um and summit and i think rainforest was the other track yeah both of those were i was in i was like man this is so good i'm gonna be listening to this on repeat were you working alongside brent as you went or were there times you're like okay this is this looks cool and there's gonna be this really awesome soundscape going on here or did you really have a a shape of or an idea of what was going to be present in each environment well he saw the level like i would sort of open open him up to compose for an area um for a while after it had been kind of developing Mm -hmm. so you know it's there you can play it things were going to continue to change but it's like you get the you get the feeling this is a rainforest this is a shore whatever um and uh so he had something to go on and he'd already been designing the audio for those areas too so he's familiar with it so he kind of had a little bit of immersion and then he just went crazy and i remember one time i just sat down and be like okay i just want you to create like a hundred musical sketches (laughs) and we'll just do a little bit of like okay i'm gonna put this one here and Uh this one here and that kind of worked it was nice to generate a lot of content and then just kind of pick from the best yeah Um, but at the same time i found that the best work was when he would play a section of the game like, you know, he'd like uh, he'd be in the swamp and then suddenly he'd fly into the sky and then he would compose a track specifically to capture that feeling of mm-hmm. flight and airiness. Yeah. And those are the ones that just kind of went gold right away. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. my, my experiment like kind of worked, but it was all, all, all just as good to just let him play the game and compose to that experience. I love the game. Uh, I, I wholeheartedly recommend it to anybody who is into music just in general, like the more soft uh, ambient music or, or just somebody who's looking for a great exploration game or even just a different experience that they might not be used to. Before we wrap up, I just want to ask, what's next? Are you just relaxing after this? Are you, are you getting to enjoy your game and actually relax without having to develop it? <laughs> yeah, that's a good po- question. I mean, hey, for now... I have to just sort of stop. Yeah. <laughs> I have to stop developing the game. I have to kind of catch up a little, play catch up. I think on the little on the rest of my life because it's a, it's a consuming project. Um, but at the same time, like I'm a creative person. There, there's nothing more fun when you have no projects on the go than like starting a new project. That's one <laughs> of the best experiences in life. So um, it's going to be a fight to stop me from starting another game. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Stu, where can people find uh, Shape of the World? And I think they, they can go to shapeoftheworldgame.com. Uh, mm-hmm. Where else can they, where can they go to buy it? Well, you can pre-order it on the Xbox store, on the Microsoft store. Awesome. Uh, you can pre-order it on Steam. Um, it's not on the PlayStation store right now, but will be tomorrow. Awesome. Um, and uh, it's also on the Switch store. You're, you've, you've got the bases covered. Pretty much. I'm really sorry, <laughs> Mac and Linux people, but everyone else, it's great. <laughs> Again, the game comes out June 5th on PS4 and Steam, and then June 6th on Switch and Xbox One. Is that correct? It's perfect. Awesome. Stu, thanks so much for joining me, and uh, good luck. It was my pleasure. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot.